morning, everyone. I hope everyone is doing pretty well. You're safe and sound out there. Uh, today brings the seventh in our series of Do Better Better essays. And a reminder that these are crafted to help you think more clearly about the future today. Just a reminder that these essays uh, you will find complement the audio version of our weekly newsletter that drops on Fridays, read by Brian. And of course, our uh, popular groundbreaking conversations with amazingly diverse interdisciplinary human scientists, farmers, uh, CEOs, uh, journalists, doctors, activists, uh, professors, all working uh, across the front lines of the future. Um, we are so grateful to have you tuning in uh, as part of our community and working alongside us on the world's biggest problems and our opportunities. Um, can't forget those. So uh, two quick reminders. You can get uh, these essays and our newsletter and a bunch of other stuff in print right in your inbox at importantnotimportant.com. And you can also send feedback uh, to us at questions at importantnotimportant.com. Um, feel free to go ahead and record a voice memo on your phone. We love actually hearing from you. Uh, human voices are wonderful to hear these days. And you can send that right in over email. and We uh, might use it in a future episode. Okay. Do better, better, number seven. Let's measure how exposed you are, shall we? Originally published September 20th, 2020. With everything going the way it is right now, it's easy to feel boxed in. It's easy to doom scroll through the news and feel like everything is falling apart. Even if your state isn't currently on fire, or underwater, you're probably still stuck inside your home. Your kid's school is not open. Your office isn't open. Our political leadership is, at best, off the grid. I'm sure your sensible index funds are pretty far up at this point, but you're acutely aware that a few tech behemoth companies are carrying the load for all of the rest. And this is all under the assumption that you're not one of the unlucky many where your state is on fire or recently underwater, and you've still got to go to work, to an hourly wage job, to drive a car, to an office, a factory line, drive a bus, serve food, or maybe you're helping patients. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you do. And if you do, and you are at a job, your kid's still not at school. And now there's no one home to help them with Seesaw or Schoology or Google Classroom or Clover. And you probably couldn't afford to buy any of the FANG shares anyways. Nor would you, because food and rent are your primary concern, not earning expectations. The point is, it's perfectly normal to feel pretty exposed right now to everything. But as always, our goal is to get down to brass tacks. And thus, there are two primary questions to consider today, considering everything. Number one, what exactly are you exposed to? And number two, what are the adjustment costs of your exposures? And as always, it's helpful as you're evaluating these to apply the questions not only to yourself, but to your family and to your company too. You should be able to actually discover a number of interrelated factors among them, many of which you might not have considered before. 
So the framework for approaching this evaluation remains the same whether you've got dependents or not, investments or not, employment or not. It's never a bad time to take stock of your current situation. And that's never been more true than right now because, I mean, you know. I'd recommend starting discovery with your industry, whether you're a board member or a freelancer, and then working your way down to ground level. Some questions might include, what's changed over the past decade and why? What about over the past year? Who are the industry leaders by revenue, profit, and growth? Are they privately held? Will they remain so? Why or why not? Is R&D growing? Is overhead growing? Is that a good thing? Is it because those companies are investing more in people? Or are they returning more money to shareholders? Is your industry resource limited? Does it have to be? Who then has a resource moat? Anyone? Is your industry geographically limited? Back up, why? And if so, how does something like the climate crisis affect either that resource or your geography, if at all? Are you sure about that? Will a clean jobs guarantee change anything of the above? Why not? Timely questions include whether a future where remote work is universally accepted and appreciated is something your industry and company is prepared to incorporate, if not a strength on which to make your workplace more attractive. What was your industry's last major innovation? What led to that shift? Abundance? Scarcity? Consolidation? Moore's Law? What are some measurably safe new corporate investments? So now pivot these questions a bit, and you have the same questions, but for your family and yourself. How's your health? How's everyone else's health? How will that change? What are your major recurring immovable costs now, in five years, in 10 years? Do you own a home in an area threatened by sea level rise or rising floodplains? Do you still have student loan debt? How will a new administration potentially affect that? When is your insurance due to be renewed? Speaking of insurance, how's life insurance looking? How about estate planning? What's your family's medical history? Do your kids know about it? Get timely with these. Get specific. Do you live out west? How did that air taste this year? Do you think the health ramifications of those fires wash away with the fires themselves? You get the idea now. Once you've got a nice list of things that would make or break your world as you know it, it's time to assess adjustment costs. For any of the questions above, Are you prepared for the mitigation, adaptation, or relocation of self, of family, of assets, bandwidth, or other resources, personal or corporate? Inversely, what resources would be required to prepare for, to investigate, or to commence answering them? 
Do you already have those resources at hand? Can you raise them with a phone call, a side job, or a capital raise? Should you get more education? From where? Should you move? Should your parents move? Should you merge with another company to cover more ground? How can you invest more in younger, more diverse workers? Should you join your school's PTA? What specifically do you have to offer there? Accounting skills? Fundraising? Artistic? You a psychologist who can help students recover after this year? Our world is more connected than ever before. And I highly recommend tools like Mind Maps to fully consider the nexus of you. Externalities are everywhere, but you can't do anything about them, including ignoring them, if you don't have a realistic picture of the current facts on the ground. Now, the most famous examination of externalities exists in the stock market. Or it doesn't. Longtime investors are happy to hop on their soapbox to tell you that any retail investor who thinks that they've got a lead on an undervalued share is paying a premium anyways because, short of insider trading, any externalities that they could have in mind are already baked in. Which is interesting, because stock values are theoretically intended to reflect both the current state of a business and its future profits. Meanwhile, um, the S&P 500 is up a lot since I locked my family inside my house because a pandemic showed up and has killed about half a million Americans while anywhere between 18 and 30 million other Americans are out of work or are looking for work or stopped looking because they're staying home because we told them to stay home while the West has burned and suffocated and the coastal South uh, drowns and then bakes. Uh, but there's also a housing crisis and the poor cannot afford food and drinking water more than ever. Uh, we're awaiting a possible constitutional crisis and at, at least the least peaceful transfer of power in our history. That longtime investor might still argue, yes, but none of those things are directly linked to any one company's fundamentals or future profits. And then you could reply, but does that company employ people who need to buy food or breathe air or re retain home insurance in the face of fires or floods? Now, unfortunately, those longtime investors have 200 years or so of quarterly reports that prove that politics and war, and other existential crises aren't externalities that move the needle. And they're not wrong. But I firmly believe that the past will increasingly fail to predict the future, more than ever before. All we have are the facts on the ground and what we can extrapolate to near-term implications. And nobody knows your situation better than you. Right? The broader facts on the ground are both exciting and devastating. Across the globe, our youngest workers and voters are diverse and scared and angry. 
Much of their future is already written thanks to the generations that came before them. But they are desperately trying to rewrite what they can. Because the future is here early. The facts on the ground also show that ESG, or environmental, social, and corporate governance type management styles and investments are beneficial to owners and employees, shareholders, and increasingly, citizens of the world. Yes, maybe it took a pandemic to really kick that momentum into gear. But then again, the previous set of facts on the ground are what made this pandemic inevitable. And don't let anyone tell you differently. I'm not arguing that your industry is in trouble, that you should park all of your money in cash, that you should exclusively hire young energy over experience, that bars will never reopen, you'll never serve another drink again, that code is dead, that no one will ever buy your screenplay, that AI is coming for your market research job, or that there isn't still money to be made in the public markets. Far from it. I'm simply trying to help you think about your place in all of this. I'm arguing, at least in that last example, that ESG-type investing is the tip of the iceberg. And more broadly, because I seek to be a generalist about this, if nothing else, that the world is more connected than ever before. That it is changing faster than it ever has before. That much of that change is both because of us and now out of our control. And that people, companies, and industries that don't explore and adjust for externalities are going to be underwater in more ways than one, and soon. Okay, guys, last thing before we get out of here, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rating and a review would go a long way to supporting our community. Uh, Same thing if you're on Overcast, you can just tap that star. Uh, It takes just a second. You can do it right on your phone. We sincerely appreciate it. Um, If this is your first time listening, we would love if you joined our community and you subscribed to these episodes today anywhere you listen to podcasts. And a reminder, you can always find plenty of other awesome tools to fight for a better future uh, at our website and in our newsletter uh, at importantnotimportant.com. Thanks, everyone.